0: Jesus is real. There's power in Your name. We find hope when we trust in Your ways. We need You, and Jesus is real. You and I were not created to exist apart from an intimate connection with Jesus Christ. That's God the Father, the keeper of the vineyard. He says, look, everything about your life comes from a very true connection to Jesus himself. And
1: that runs roughshod right over our culture. I know that it does. If you were the owner of an apple orchard, you'd want the trees in it to be full of apples. Likewise, God wants his children to bear fruit, to see our lives lived full of love joy and peace. As we'll hear today, Pastor Daniel teaches that as branches born from our Father, we have to be connected in order to be fruitful. That fruit will not only glorify God, but will bless others as well. It's not meant for us alone. A disconnected branch withers and dies. Now here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, I Am the Vine."
0: One of my favorite things that people say to me is, you know, I don't think I believe in God. Honestly, it's one of my favorite things that people ask me because I always say, well, which God is it that you don't believe in? And a conversation begins there. And you know what I found? Almost every single time someone has told me that they don't believe in God, and I have told them and asked the question, well, which is the God that you don't believe in? It's always amazing because I actually don't believe in that God that they don't believe in as well. (laughs) Seriously, I don't believe in the God that they don't believe in either. And what's beautiful about that is because so many people have misconceptions about who God is. So many people have either met somebody or had experiences where when push comes to shove, you're like, you know what? I don't believe in that God either. And then someone is definitely bound to say, well, then, you know, so Fusco, so how are we supposed to know who God is? And I'm always like, well, actually, it's, it's actually pretty easy because God became a man and walked on the earth, and his name is Jesus. As we've said here that Jesus is God with skin on, when we see how Jesus moves through the earth, what he says, what he does, we begin to understand who the infinite, almighty God is. Because the Son of God took on flesh and walked among us. He moved into the neighborhood. And that's why this series that we've been in that we're closing out, this I Am series is so important. Because in John's gospel... Jesus keeps saying over and over again, I am, and he explains who he is. Now, you all know that when Jesus says, I am, that he is referencing the I am who I am, that God revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush ass. Every time Jesus says, I am, he's saying, I am the same God who called our ancestors out of Egypt. I am the same God who called Abraham to leave his family in Ur of the Chaldees and travel. I am the same God. And so we've seen Jesus say, I am the light of the world and I am the bread of life. We've seen Jesus say that I am the door of the sheep and I am the good shepherd. We've seen Jesus say, I am the resurrection and the life and we've seen him say, I am the way the truth, and the life. And now, this weekend, we finish out this I Am series. So I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 15. We're going to take verses 1 to 17. So I want you to grab that Bible. I want you to open it up. We'll get you to John 15. John's gospel, 15th chapter, fourth book in your New Testament. You have the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, I want to start reading for you and then we're going to kind of unpack this. I'm going to do this a little differently than I normally do. Normally I like to just go straight down a passage, but there's some sections here where I have to kind of jump all around, but you'll enjoy it when we get there. Look at what it says. John 15. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, one of the things I love about Jesus is that Jesus is, although God in human form likes to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, that's what Pastor Bill Ritchie would call it, he will use examples that anyone can understand. Do you ever meet somebody and, and you love them, but they always have to show you how smart they are? So they use words that you don't understand. They use examples that you don't understand. Pastors do this all the time. You know, it's like they get this little theological bent. So they use words so that you're like, wow, they're so learned. But that's more just human insecurity than it is the ways of Jesus. Because Jesus uses as this last I am statement, the most simple picture, the picture of a gardener, a vine or a tree and the branches, and in that culture, as in our culture, you do not need to have a high school diploma, a middle school degree, you don't even have to go to school, you can understand the picture, and I love that about Jesus, because Jesus isn't like, look, I'm going to make this really complicated for you, so that you'll never understand, and that'll be really good for me, no, he said, look, I want you to absolutely understand who you are, and what you're about, and who I am, and what I'm about, so what we learn here in these first eight verses, is that Jesus is the vine, the Father is the gardener, and we are the branches. Jesus is the vine, or the trunk, or the tree. The Father is the gardener, and we, you and I, and the disciples, and all the people who would believe are the branches. Now, you've seen this, because look at it says in verse 1. I am... The true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And then verse 5, I am the vine, and you are the branches. So you see how smart I am. I just took verse 1 and verse 5, and I gave you a little equation, and everybody, it makes sense, right? But you know why I think this is so important? Because if you look at spirituality, especially pop spirituality, 21st century American spirituality, the stuff that's kind of everywhere in our culture, they don't get this. Because you know what 21st century American spirituality actually says? It actually says that we are the vine and we are the gardener and everyone else is supposed to be the branches. Seriously. Everyone says, look, it's like it's about me. It's about me, and you need to get on board with who I am. And if you do the things I want you to do, then I'm happy with you. And if you don't, then you're going to wither, and you're going to go away. Like, you use all the examples. And I get to cultivate my own spiritual life however I want to. That's 21st century American spirituality. But know what the problem with that is? None of us are good gardeners, and none of our us as trees actually produce the things that Jesus is talking about, not good stuff. So our culture needs to learn the most simplest thing from Jesus, that Jesus is the true vine. He is the true fruit. And we've been talking about this word true. It pops up often in John's gospel. It literally means what is true or genuine, the real deal. He's saying, look, I am the true vine, the tree. He says, my father, he's the vine dresser. He's the one who cares for the garden. And you, all other people, are meant to be the branches. Now, this idea here that the father is the vine dresser has a very rich Old Testament lineage. So for Jesus' hearers, right away when it says, my father is the vine dresser, my father is the keeper of the vineyard, For the Jewish people, they already understood this, but we as non primarily non-Jewish people in this generation, we don't realize that. So a great spot to look is in Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 to 7. I'm going to read it to you. You can either keep your finger there in John 15 and turn to your left to the prophet Isaiah, or I can just read it to you, either one. If you like doing Bible cardio, as I call it, you want to work on that minute muscle memory of flipping those pages, or if you have a smartphone, you just Type it in and it pops up for you the same way. Isaiah 5, listen to what it says. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. Oh, now... Inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done to my vineyard than I have done in it? Why then, when I expected to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now, please, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned, and break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug." But there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. Now you realize that Isaiah was what we would call a pre-exilic prophet. See, I gave you one of those big theologian words, so you know that I've been studying. If you remember, the children of Israel, they were settled in the land, and they ended up going into exile. And they went into exile the 10 northern tribes in 722-ish with the, with the Assyrians, and then 586-87, depending on how you render it, with the Babylonians, with the two southern tribes. And so Isaiah's coming out and saying, you guys... To the children of Israel, do you realize that God the Father planted a beautiful vineyard? But, and he did everything that was necessary. Gave him a righteous law, gave him great leaders, all these things. But it went to, it was supposed to bring forth good, fruitful grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And he's asking questions, what should I do about this? And then what we find out is that God is going to lay that vineyard barren. Because he says, the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the who? the house of Israel, right? And the men of the house of Israel, they're the pleasant plants. Now, you see what he's saying? He's saying the house of Israel is the vine and all the people are the branches of the vine and the father is the vine dresser. Now, why is this important? Because when Jesus says, I am the true vine, he's saying, I am the fulfillment of all the hopes and dreams of the house of Israel, He's saying, in me, in my, in who I am, I am the house of Israel in fulfillment. I am all the Messiah, all the hopes and dreams of the people of God. It's me. And you are the branches. And my father is still the vine dresser. He is still the keeper of the vineyard. So when Jesus would say this, To the children of Israel, this was pregnant with meaning for them. They knew right away this prophecy. And all the other places in the Old Testament that this stuff came up where the children of Israel are meant to be a beautiful vineyard, and the people are all the precious plants, and God the Father is the keeper of the vineyard. So when Jesus says this, they're like, oh. This means something, and it means something to us today. Because everything we're going to see for the remainder of this chapter, stems from this reality that you and I were not created to exist apart from an intimate connection with Jesus Christ. That's God the Father, the keeper of the vineyard. He says, look, everything about your life comes from a very true connection to Jesus himself. And that runs roughshod right over our culture. I know that it does. I remember when I first started reading the Bible and I really was like, man, that's rough because I was raised good old fashioned American kid that says, look, it's about me and what I want and what I want to do. And no one can tell me that I can't bear fruit on my own. I was taught, man, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No one's going to give you a free handout, so you got to work hard. All those things are good lessons, except there was smacks of self-determination in it, when really, all the things that I really I can't, you can't be a self-made man or woman spiritually. That's really what it boils down to. Yes, maybe you can be a self-made person in the business world or in a sport, but even that, if you think about it, all of your gifts and talents the diligence to do it, the energy to do it, all of that is on loan from God anyway. But spiritually speaking, nobody can self-determine their own lives. All the things that you really want come as an outgrowth of an essential relationship and connection to Jesus. Now, I'm going to unpack that for you, but listen, before I go any further, if you're here or if you're watching online and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus... I really want you to hear what Jesus is talking about here because what he's trying to say to you and to me is of the utmost importance that you will never accomplish the things you desire to accomplish in this world apart from a faith and trust in Jesus. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that decision even today. And you need to make that decision because you're going to see why. Jesus unpacks this for us, this reality that the father is the gardener. He is the true vine and we are the branches. He unpacks it for us. Notice next. It's all different places. I'll start in verse 8 and I'm going to go back. So go back to John 15 if you journey to Isaiah. For those of you who are lazy, you're already there. Someone's feeling bad now, like, oh, pastor, call me lazy. Verse 8, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now go back to verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Look at verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And then verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So if God is the gardener and Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, then the reality is is that we need to be fruitful, be fruitful. That's what we learn here. This is about fruitfulness. And the command of Jesus is that we be fruitful. Notice verse eight. I read it first because Jesus says something very important. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. God the Father is glorified. He is declared important, weighty in our lives when we bear fruit. He says, and so you will be my disciples. What he's saying is that in order to prove out that you are a learner, a follower, a disciple of Jesus, you prove that out by being fruitful in your life. It's all about fruit. It used to be a pejorative term, but Jesus is saying that we should be fruity. Fruitcakes. That's what he's saying. In Matthew 7, verse 20, Jesus says, Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. And I know you all know Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. He goes on to say, against such there is what? No law. See, God's design for my life and your life is that we be fruitful, God wants love to be on display in our lives. He wants joy to be on display in our lives and peace and all the fruit of the spirit. It's really one fruit with all these different facets to it. God wants that to be on display. Now, I've said this many times here, and I'll keep saying because I think it's so important, is that fruit blesses others. A fruit tree does not partake of its own fruit. I have never once seen an apple tree being like, this is the tastiest Macintosh apple I have ever tried. Have you ever, have you ever see that? You ever see a blackberry bush? Just been like, man, these blackberries are perfect. No, the fruit is for others to enjoy. And this is why I think in our culture, which has, I am the gardener and I am the tree, you know, this whole idea, it gets all messed up because we are so used to what's in it for me. Everything about our culture says it's about what I want and what I get and no. And she's saying, look, it's about God and God wants you to bear fruit that will bless glorify God and will bless others. You see what's at stake here now? See, fruitfulness only comes Only comes from that connection with Jesus, and we're gonna get there in a moment. It only comes from that. Right? But that fruitfulness is not something that you get to enjoy. It's something that gives God glory and blesses others. When you become fruitful in the things of God, other people are blessed by your life. Somebody experiences your joy, your patience. Isn't that convicting? When was the last time someone was blessed by your patience? <laughs> the only reason I put it on you guys is I've been convicted by it all week. See, the fruit that is born in our life, it gives God glory, and it blesses the people around us. And discipleship is seen as we bear much fruit. Now, look at what it says here. And there's a lot here. It says... Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, in verse 2, that it may bear more fruit. Now, scholars argue whether when a branch does not bear fruit, he takes it away, literally means he cuts it off. Or some translations have it means, or he lifts it up, props it up so it be closer so it could bear more fruit. And you could take it either way because we're going to see here that when there is there is some dead wood that needs to be cut away. So I don't want to diminish it. But what he's saying here is that fruitfulness is so important that if something doesn't bear fruit, he either cuts it away or he lifts it up so that it may bear fruit. But notice, but every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, this is what I want to tell you. The problem with fruitfulness Is that oftentimes fruitfulness hurts more because pruning hurts? I just did it today. I knew I was gonna study this. You know, we moved into our house, we planted some privacy trees. I'm not really, I don't have a green thumb at all.
1: Jesus is real. As we heard in Pastor Daniel's message today, we're not meant to be separated from the true vine. Jesus is the fulfillment of the house of Israel, and believers are the branches connected to it. Everything we want and we are is an outgrowth of what He has planned for us. Giving is one of the central themes in the Bible. Believe it or not, it's the main subject of nearly half of the parables that Jesus taught. Like prayer and serving others, money is an outlet of spiritual power. When it's released into ministry, God does amazing things with it. To understand what it means to be a Christ follower, we must also understand what it means to be a giver. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly supporter of Jesus is Real Radio. For more information, log on to Jesusisrealradio.com. Thanks, Josh. Pastor Daniel would like to invite you to join him each day on Facebook for his two-minute messages. Pastor Daniel shares from his heart and God's Word in a way that will impact your life. It's the perfect way to inject a little bit of Jesus into your routine. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links to the two-minute messages. Now, here's Josh with a preview of what Pastor Daniel will be covering in the next edition of Jesus Real Radio. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will share about what it means to bear fruit in our spiritual lives. The Father is a master gardener, and we have to look to Him in order that our lives will be fruitful. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series entitled, I Am. Until then, may God bless. Say